calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. This is our 92nd podcast, so only eight to go until 100. Yeah. That's exciting, isn't it? Podcast we really ought to get round to, to sorting that out. We should do. Yeah. So. Are we organising something for it? Or two. Yeah, of course we maybe. are. Should we get a cake? Yeah. Yeah. Bit of a party. We're getting a bit of a following as well. A lot of people are really interested in podcast 100. They should be, because it's yeah. going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. Uh, as always, the voice of misery is Stuart Reed. It's nice. But it is there. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> how, am I, how have I been miserable so far? Well, you were like, oh, we should do something. What is it? But we should. We are going to do something. It's going to be amazing. Uh, I'm Alex, the voice of reason. Keza, what are you the voice of? The Sunshine. Is that right? Yes, or the voice of the North. Hang on What does that make Ooh. Daniel, then? I'm further north than Daniel. Yeah, but Daniel's that's only... not the North. You know, Scotland isn't signified by the North. That's a wedding present song, I'm further north than you. Is song. it? Mm. Well, in which case we should play it loudly in the office every day. We should. Because I am further north than all of you. Can we have a North face-off? Mm, what would that consist of? What kind of trials could you have in a sort of who's more northern? Who can drink a pint of gravy? Mm. Who can drink a pint of gravy? Yeah. I could probably drink nice. a pint of gravy. How many chip butties can we consume each? Well, you don't like chip butties. No, I hate them, so I'd lose that, so let's not do that one. Yeah, that'd be rubbish. Deep fried Mars bars. Deep fried Mars bars, I'd beat you with that. Deep fried pizza? Only had that once and it was not a nice. Experience. Anyway, anyway, yep. right, yeah. let's pull this podcast back onto topic. So. This is the IGN UK podcast. We will be talking about this week's news, looking at the games that are coming up, and of course your listener feedback. Um, But first, we're going to kick off some Batman stuff. Uh, The first picture of Robin has come out. It looks quite a lot like every other video game character that's been around in the last five years. I actually thought when that picture came out that it was a fan manipulation of Starkiller. From, which is the apprentice, which from is the apprentice Force from Star Wars Unleashed. Force Unleashed, which I've, some other people have said to me that they thought that as well. Yeah, that it was a fake image that was just a manipulation. Yeah, it's that similar. If you didn't see the extremely funny thing that the Australian dudes did, uh, IGN Australia, IGN yep. Australia did on um, the devolution of game character design, they overlaid a lot of modern game characters on top of each other. Yep. superimposing them to show exactly how similar they all are. And they They've are very the same, similar. All it's got the same hairstyle. Quite like Sam Worthington and Vin yeah. Diesel with the kind of archetypes yeah. that we yeah. compared them to. Which other games characters were included in that? Um, Splinter Cell Conviction era yep. Sam thing. Fisher. Sam Fisher. Sam Fisher. Bulletstorm? Yep. Um, Bulletstorm dude. Um, Two humans 
Baldur, I think he's called. Yep. Um, and Nico from oh, Grand Theft Auto yeah. 4. Mm. But the, uh, the, the, being, there was, the striking one was Robin and Starkiller. Yeah, that was yeah, amazing. Yeah. But there, there were just ridiculous kind of similarities Cole from across Infamous. the board. Yes. So, I think Nico looks quite different. I, he, he's quite... Looks he like, does in the flesh, but in the promotional materials, he's just got the kind of looking down, uh, peak right. of shaved hair, cracking knuckles yeah. look to him like everyone else. I like it when you did that. It was quite good. We should we should take a photo of you doing that. Yeah, you can look like Robin. It looks a little bit like how Robin was rendered in the Batman Forever movie. Mm. He's got the shaved head. Well, yeah. Yeah, he's got a shaved head. I'm not like Chris O'Donnell's not known for being broody. Chris he was who? terrible. Chris O'Donnell. The guy who played Robin. I know. No. Just don't hear about him anymore, do you? Well, no, no exactly. he fell off. He didn't act for four years. Did he fall off his perch? Yeah, I watched um, Sense of a Woman the other day. He's in there. Hoo-ha! Hoo-ha! <laughs> that's the archetypal Pacino performance. Yeah, it's the, the one he won the Oscar for as well. Yeah. God. But anyway, what did you think of Robin, apart from the fact that he looks like every other games character in the world ever? He's uh, a he's picture. Health. Yeah, and he's holding kind of like a staff. It's a picture. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, But I, like, I do like the... Um, the uh, reimaginings that Rocksteady have done all the, of yeah. Batman characters, I think they've been really good. They have, they've been very cool. And obviously they've only shown black and white, but I, I think it will be very much kind of like a single colour suit rather than like day glow yellow and red. I can't see that. Imagine if it was. <laughs> Imagine yeah. that would be hilarious, it just wouldn't, wouldn't it? Fit in that Vin Diesel you know, in that I think, suit. Well, I think a lot of the other characters, even though they've been reimagined, still in, are in keeping with the comic book designs in terms of colours. Poison Ivy wasn't toned down that much. No, that's true. Yeah, but this is Robin, and like Robin's outfit is probably one of the most extreme outfits. Like R- Riddler, for example. I don't know what Riddler looks They haven't really shown a full-bodied Riddler, have they? As it were. I'm <laughs> 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 quite, quite sure what that is, but yeah. Have they? I don't Riddler. think they have shown it. Like, it's always Riddler's so. head. So. Yeah. All the characters look better than they do in this Batman Live production that's coming out, though. Did oh you see the photos from that? I am yeah. so excited about oh, Batman Live. Are you? I've got a friend who's flying back from Japan to come and see Batman wow. Live. Really? With me. Yes. It's going to be brilliant. Do you honestly think it's going to be brilliant? Or brilliant I think it's going to be an really experience kind of to define, yes. to define yeah. my, my young adulthood. That's what I, I, think I Batman want Live it to be amazing. Be. Do they have nipple suits? No, they've, they've stayed got away some from really crappy-looking costumes. The thing is, if yeah. you can't lose, because it's either going to be properly amazing, or it's going to be so bad that you'll remember it forever as a really fond, uh, fond yeah. night out. And it looks really is, camp, doesn't it? Oh, it looks so camp. When you've wasted your fifty pounds for a ticket, is it fifty pounds? I have no idea. I, don't I hope it's not fifty pounds. It's probably at least it will be. Oh it's no! Two, oh, yeah. I said I'd buy him a ticket for his birthday. You shouldn't have said Jesus. that. Shouldn't well, have said. To be fair, he is flying in from Japan. Yeah, that's probably going to cost him more, isn't it? Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's Arkham City news. Daniel, you've got some Connect. Uh, what is yeah, it I don't think this is that, that exciting, but it could impact people um, when they're using Connect. Is that Microsoft have announced that they're going to allow developers, advertisers to use Connect to create interactive advertisements? Right. I have very strong feelings about this. Has um, everyone seen the trailer that they put out with the extremely geeky advertising developer being like, "Hey guys, look at this. This is awesome. Watch a Coke advert, then tweet it to your friends." See, would you? This yeah. is the thing. Who the would problem... ever tweet a Coke advert to their friends? Adverts, Microsoft. Hi, hi, Microsoft. I'm Keza. Adverts aren't content. No. People don't want to share them, or look at them, or tweet them, or you know, have them on their dashboard. Apart from the old Spice ad, God, God knows that's how many content. people have shared that. That's content. But yes. But somehow In I doubt general. that that's the kind of thing that's going to no. be shared. And also there's kind of this horrible um, manufactured viral 
strategy, isn't it? Yeah. Like the way that things go viral is not by forcing people to tweet every yeah, yeah, advert yeah, yeah. that they yeah. see. Could so, be possible. So, so it's literally they'll show adverts or it's dashboard. Will- it's uh, dashboard based. You have to hover over to be like, I'll watch this cool new advert hover. And what? then and then during the advert you can say there would be a, a series of instructions to so one of the scenarios they outlined was you could say Xbox more on, on a product and Xbox, fuck off. Xbox, sell me shit. And they would email your email account mm. with more details. Oh, no, no. What? who on earth is going to do that? Xbox, end it now. And see, the thing so is, I, I, think can, you can I can say, see why this would have been thought of as being a good idea in a meeting at Microsoft. But then but, when they, they present it in a trailer yeah. to people who play games. And, have and, in, and in the it trailer, so it doesn't look like he can use Kinect very well, because when he hovers over an icon, his hand's all over the place. <laughs> It's not most glowing There's also some amazing there. scrawled stuff Parkinson's. about keeping the kitchen area clean on the whiteboard behind him as he's explaining those, like, if you're going to leave your crap in the kitchen, like, scrawled on the whiteboard behind him. Oh, dear. That you can see if you look closely. Yeah. Spectacular crowd crash. It's, it's, it's actually the best bad Microsoft advertising video I've seen in a very long time, That's possibly since guy. the old Quite Xbox uh, announced trailer with JLR going, we goosed it, we tweaked it. It's all about <laughs> synergy. It's convex energy, or whatever he said. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, it's fondly remembered that the Xbox 360 announced trailer with JLR. What? Why have you got new ads written next to it? Is that what it's called? Uh, natural user interface advertisement. Oh God, I hate that. That's mm. But it does look like nads when you. <laughs> yeah. It, well, that's when, I, I when I've been using yeah. Google, I've been getting a lot of nudes. On Twitter, someone someone uh, expressed that I often read it as nads, and someone's like, "Yeah, well, it's bollocks, isn't it?" Hey. Hey. Good. I hate advertising. In inappropriate places. Do you know a bit of advertising that really bugs me? If you've got free sat and you're looking at the, the guide, there's advertising on that now. On you the guide? Even, yeah, yeah. That's irritating. I just so, want to look at what's on the television. That's it. I just want to see that. I don't want to see an advert for Norwich Union. Uh, Other insurance companies are available. Uh, on Virgin, you get like, you know, this is also available on Filmflex. Right. But, so it's kind of house ads. Yeah. yeah. These are just ads ads. Ads ads. So you go. Booter uh, advertising in Connect, or indeed any other kind of gaming stuff. Keza, it's been so quiet in games, hasn't it? So quiet post E three. Post E three. Um, Literally uh, scraping the bottle, it's, bottom it's, of the barrel, as if there's anything worth talking about. Stories about about Master Chief's cod piece have literally been on the website. Um, but we had one sort of story which I thought was quite nice, which was a story from Masahiro Sakurai, who does Smash Brothers. I think you pronounced that incorrectly. I haven't. <laughs> just saying. Although now you've got me really, really paranoid. I've just said the wrong name. Masahiro Hikayama. Masahiro Sakura. Alex, that's racist. Anyway, Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> he, appears, he appears to have been taken somewhat by surprise by Iwata announcing Smash Brothers for 3DS and Wii U at Nintendo's E3 press conference because right. he, he does a column in Famitsu, yeah. which is the Japanese gaming bible. It's actually just adverts, actually, Famitsu, but don't tell anyone. Um, and anyway, he does a column in that, and he basically said, we've not even started on it. We haven't even got a team. We've got nothing. We've got nothing. It's years and years before, this, and I don't think it's a good idea, he said, to announce Ooh. games years oh, okay. and years before. I thought you were going to say he didn't think it was a good idea to do Smash Brothers on Wii U. No, that would have been actually a story. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas this is just some... I mean, I loved, I loved the concept of this guy being like, Iwata standing there being like, we're losing him. We're losing him, guys. What can we announce? Smash Brothers! Yeah. And Masahiro <laughs> being like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy that. How long has it been since the last Smash Brothers? A long time. I think the and last they've one not was... been doing anything? No, no not they've been doing long. Project... Project... Project. What is it? Three years? Two years? Three years? It's five, I think, isn't no, it? No, it's not. Smash what? Brothers Melee on the... That's never five years ago. The Wii one was Melee, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. 
I'll look it up while we continue. It's a while away. Um, but they have been making things. Project Sora is the developer in question. They've, they've made Kid Icarus for the 3DS. And basically, uh, Sakurai said that they were going to do a Smash Brothers game second so that they can, you know, they're used to the hardware and they know what they can do with it. Right, okay. So that's where the Iwata got the, they're making Smash Brothers for 3DS and Wii U, basically. It was from internal conversations. But it seems, from the tone of the column, it seems like Sakurai might not actually have been aware that Iwata was going to announce it. Oh and he's dear. like, now I have to find a team and I have to get design documents ready and everything. <laughs> Poor well, guy. get a move on. Yeah. Exactly. How difficult can it be? It's not that uncommon to announce a game years and years before it's going to come out, though, is it? No. It's not uncommon at all. But at least the developer normally knows that they're going to announce it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, they've so, usually started. They've got a, t- a trailer or something. Yeah, exactly. So Super Smash Brothers Melee. Oh, no, hang on. That was the GameCube one. Yeah, I thought it might have been Brawl. Was that the Wii one? Yeah, talk I played you, that. Honestly, talk yourselves, I played. I played that game for about forty-five hours at least, and I can't remember. This is one <laughs> of those things that we was. really just should know. Mm, it's brawl. It's brawl. Can I at that point, brawl. at this point, state though it is quite late on a Friday afternoon? Yeah, and normally we're a little bit more with it on a Thursday morning, but we're recording the podcast a bit late yeah, in the week. You can't. It's get almost live on a Thursday morning. No, no, no. We would have known this. Bang! Like ah. news machines, fact. Generators. We're all slightly yeah. hungover still. Yeah. I'm not. We came second in a pub quiz last night. I was right. It came out in 2008. Did it? Yeah. I think the pub quiz is much more interesting. MCV pub quiz, wasn't it? Yeah. We were that close to all winning Xboxes. Second. We didn't win any prizes, though. Nothing. No, Other nothing. people No one won remembers who comes in second place. If I was there, it would have been very different. Yeah, we'd probably have been fifth. Yep. Anyway, I was right about Super Smash Brothers. Me. Whoa, well done, Alex. Brilliant. Anyway, so you've got some uh, news about Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, Harry Potter. This was quite popular on the website, actually, but it turned out that it was a little bit disappointing to most people. Anyway, what it was, there was a big build-up on YouTube. Um, J.K. Rowling was going to announce at midday the next chapter in the Harry Potter franchise. Yeah. Because obviously the last film comes out this year. And, and they've got to keep the cash cow going somehow. Yeah, and it's called Pottermore. Oh. Which is what, like more more Potter? Potter? Genius! It's a great title. Basically, details are thin on the ground, but it's going to be an online reading experience. Maybe, possibly some gaming elements, but it's not been substantiated. Right? Does it look interesting? There's no, nothing to see. There's right. just a website where you can sign up for early access. It comes out in October. Okay. And basically, it's going to be, a, I think, an interactive book that you can read with your friends maybe there's going to be more Aww. material expanded material that she's going to include in yeah um, that's about it mm. I did read somewhere else that she's definitely said that she's not writing another Potter book yeah well, I think obviously she's... not that would be ridiculous yeah but surely she said that since the start yeah but give it a while the, the, the little... let's see, she's I'll... got other things in her head probably than Harry Potter like what Pottermore well she could have all sorts of ideas that we what, was that other, what was that other book she wrote Tales of the Beetle Bard. Mm. Yeah. Went well, didn't it? That was a spin-off, was it? I don't think I It's know. the only Harry Potter-related thing that I've never read several hundred times. So <laughs> that's the well, The Comet Relief Harry Potter cookbooks? Were there something like that? Yeah, what? That. Those they, were good. They, did something, they, were, they were cookbooks, weren't they? If or, I remember rightly. Yeah. Oh I mean, just God. imagine that in some kind of fevered dream. Like Probably. Hog, Hogwarts yeah. broth or yeah. something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hogwarts brothel? I can't believe Smash yeah. Brothers Hog- came out in 2008. <laughs> Well, it so did. sure it was earlier. Oh, can we leave it, please? I've left it. <laughs> I just can't let it go. So, so when is when's more Potter more coming? It's out in October, but if you go to the website, 
pottermore.com. Yeah. You can sign up for early access. I think it's the first million people to sign up. So that's probably gone by now. Yeah. It is. It's gone. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, well. Sign up for Family Guy Online instead. That might be fun. Yeah. Seen that? No. Family Guy? No. Yeah, Family Guy Online. New interactive website coming soon. Interesting. Mm. There you go. Last piece of news, uh, and it really has been a barren week. Battlefield 3 has been showing running on consoles. This actually proved more controversial than I thought it would be. Yeah. Because, um, of course, the, the piece of news that comes out of this is that Battlefield 3 runs at 30 frames per second on a console versus it's- 60 on a PC. Yeah. Whereas Modern Warfare 3 runs at 60 frames per second everywhere. Yeah. And the reason for this, um, DICE has said, is that Battlefield has a lot more to do, it's, that it can handle vehicles and many more players at once, and that's why it runs like that. Modern Warfare 3, meanwhile, Infinity Ward and Sledgehammer have been very, very upfront about running at 60 FPS. Now, the question it's is... Locked does this at 60 locked FPS. At 60, locked. locked and loaded. Has anyone ever seen that YouTube clip of the guy demonstrating a like a painting platform for ceilings, and he tries to lock it in place, and he goes, It's locked! And he starts to climb on top of it, and he just folds around him, and he falls to the ground. <laughs> and as he's like crying in pain, he goes, "It wasn't locked." <laughs> you saying that? That's what Infinity War. That's what they're saying. Doing. It's locked. It's, it's locked. It'll come out. It'll run like shit. And they go, "It wasn't locked." <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so well, the question well, is, does it actually matter at all? And the answer is yes, very much to some people. Yeah. Why? Because some people are. Um, adamant that it makes a huge performance difference to how you play in FPS, the fr- the frame rate. Um, obviously, anything under 30 is unacceptable, mm-hmm. but the difference between 30 and 60 it seems to be a matter of some, some debate. Like Some people claim that the human eye can't even see a difference. Others claim that it really does help. Black Ops did below 30, I think, at times. Mm. Yeah. Um, I can't be sure of that, because to be quite honest, I have never cared about frame rates. It's not, not unless it's me. not not unless it gets it's like so a flip unless it's really way. terrible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the one thing I will say about Call of Duty though is that when you play it, it does feel incredibly sharp, smooth. Um, yeah, it's smooth. And you know, it's I don't know if that's a frame rate thing or the way you know they've constructed the engine. I As don't for know. which will look, I mean, some people appear to think that better frame rate, better frame rate means it will just look better. Whereas the actuality of the thing is that Battlefield Three will most likely look yeah. better because yeah. it's got more graphical stuff to be getting busy with mm. outside of keeping the frame rate locked. Yeah. See, the, the, I can see why on, on the PC version, which I played at E3, like if you span around on the spot really quickly because the mass sensitivity is incredibly high, it was pretty goddamn smooth and there was no, like, you know, one frame to the next. About 60 FPS. Yeah, so exactly. But I, I, it's different on consoles because you can't spin that quickly on a stick anyway, mm-hmm. so I don't think it really matters. It is crucial, more crucial on the PC with most control. And yeah. it's at 60 on the PC with most control. Yeah. So... Yeah. So there you go. Um, but yeah, you can. Does see... it matter though? Do we think it matters? What's our feeling on it? On Ultimately, uh, I think multiplayer is where it will come in. Mm. Um, but again, that's all down to your kind of connection anyway. So quite. Um, but you know, I am interested. The thing that I, I know the footage that we saw was only off a YouTube clip from the Jimmy Fallon show. Is that where it was shown? That's right. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Late night. Um, he's having done loads of game stuff on recently. He had um, Reggie yeah. on demo wing. Skyward Sword. Indeed. And Gears of War as well, didn't he? I think. Gears of War? I'm sure Cliffy Recently. went on something. I've, I follow Cliffy on Twitter and, well, there's one of the gazillion tweets that he's uh, sent in the last two weeks. So, But, um, yeah, I thought, it obviously it doesn't look anywhere near as good as the PC version, but it still looks pretty decent. So, More than pretty decent. Yeah. yeah. Also, Quake turns 15 this year, but unlike Sonic, 
not really a franchise that's been milked to death. It's, you no. Know, it's had its iter- iterations, been. which have been pretty good, most of them. What was the last one? Was it Quake 4? Yeah, in 2005, Stu. Mm. But that's... That's quite a while ago, ago, isn't it? So, that's more than a third of its life. It's not been outputting. Yeah. Should we really celebrate its birthday? Is it is it alive or well, is it dead? see, that's the thing. Yeah. We can still celebrate its birthday if it's dead. But um, anyway, this leads on to a piece of reader feedback that we got Some after really last week's feedback, discussion. Actually. Yeah, so it's a, it's a really long email by uh, Travis Bowditch. Um, and I am going to cut it down just purely for the, the sake of time, because otherwise it'll take too long. So... He says, uh, Duke Nukem, oh, Nukem Bashin, don't get me wrong, I certainly couldn't defend the game, it's clearly outdated, the jokes are fairly tasteless, the gameplay mediocre and dull, and the science of production problems are obvious. Um, not a great game, but the venom from re- reviewers has been fairly strong. Um, then, you know, that could be said for many games that come out and don't have the excuse of 14 years of troubled development. Duke Nukem was very much expected. But Zelda... Zelda love. He understands why there's so much Zelda love and why people love Ocarina of Time. Uh, and it was certainly groundbreaking in 1996, but he didn't like it. It uh, was 1998 that it came out. All right. Well, just by the way. Okay. Uh, he can't say why he doesn't like it. Uh, he just feels like, you know, um, feel about it a bit like the way people feel about Justin Bieber. Completely puzzled at the craze fans. God, I think that's harsh comparing Zelda Justin with Justin Bieber. Bieber. Anyway, but it's not his thing. But so... Ultimately, what he's going on about is, um, so people are raving about Zelda again, a game that's 16 years old, older than It's Duke. not 16 years old, it's Shh, 12 just and a half let years me old. finish. Uh, a game that's 16 years old, older than Duke Nukem. The updated graphics are more outdated than Duke Nukem. The gameplay hasn't changed, and in fact, it's the exact same game, nothing new. Fair enough. So, a few factual errors in there, though, just to clear that up before we get into the actual issue. It's... Anyway, I've got one last piece. Oh, no, <laughs> you're not finished. finished yet. Oh, no, I'm sorry. And then we get to Shadows of the Damned, and Keza raves about it. Oh, he's name-checked you. Uh, the graphics might be better than Duke Nukem. The combat might be better, but my God, talk about tasteless. Uh. I would put it on par, or worse, than the dumb horror humour of Duke Nukem. And there's the rub. She admits the dialogue could be completely terrible or awesome, but the point is, it's interesting. Yet Duke gets none of this leeway. So a bit disappointed. So he's disappointed by our one-sided uh, what, a thrashing of Duke. It's almost like he's like... calling us hypocrites. Is there Does anyone like... I mean, there, there are lots of out. reasons why this, no. is, this, <laughs> is, this is a... Does anyone like Duke, firstly? Can we have a Duke defender in the room? Well, from what I've played even it, Dan, it's, it's, it's not that good. Even Dan, who is probably the world's biggest Duke fan, mm. said it's not a particularly great game. Is, I completely get why people don't like Ocarina of Time. I know a few people who don't like it. That's yeah. fine. That's yeah. just, you know, if you don't like it, you don't like it. It's cool. Yeah. Um, Duke Nukem, on the other hand, it's not like it's a great game that's misunderstood. It's just really badly constructed. The thing about Ocarina yeah. of Time is that, however, where, where, whether you like it or not, you look at it and you, you know, it's very well constructed. It's well designed. It's a Nintendo game. They, they know how to design things well. Yeah. Um, whereas Duke Nukem is, I think anyone who's interested in, in game development should play Duke Nukem Forever because you can see all the kind of things that were supposed to happen and all the things that were half done and all the things that you can see the whole history of the FPS genre in that game yeah. if you play through because you can see and, and at different points you can see where they had an idea that probably would have been a great idea um, but also just aside from the fact that Duke Nukem Forever is technically older than <laughs> Ocarina of Time um, given that Ocarina of Time came out in 98 and Duke Nukem was announced in 97 or 6 uh, well, was it was 15 years wasn't it yeah. so yeah um, of course, you know, Ocarina of Time would have been in development for a while. 
But uh, the difference here isn't that there are two old games, one of which is liked and one isn't. The difference is that they're a bad game and a good game. I'm not sure that I think yeah. I'm not sure that age really comes into regardless it. of of. Uh, and, yeah, um, how old they are, whatever. Yeah, as to Shadows of the Damned and Duke Nukem both both being quite tasteless, I think the difference is that Shadows of the Damned is kind of it gives the impression that it knows it's being tasteless and it is funny, whereas yeah. Duke Nukem manages it's not funny and also I think it thinks it's being clever, like it there are points where it's doing it and it just does it without irony at all, yeah. like with absolutely no sense of self awareness. That's what. And also, I think Duke Nukem's extremely sexist, yeah. and I think that Chad of the Damned wasn't sexist. So, yeah. honestly, the thing that annoys me most about Duke Nukem is that it's enormously sexist, and yeah. that doesn't upset me. I don't think it should be banned or anything, but I just personally find it quite yeah. boring. I haven't played Duke Nukem yet. Um, you say it's sexist. At any point, is it misogynistic? Um, I wouldn't say it's misogynistic because I don't think it's 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 genuinely hateful. Um, Capture the Babes. What upsets me about Duke Nukem? Um, which, for anyone who doesn't know, is is the mode, the multiplayer mode, where capture you the flag. is capture the flag. Apart from you have a wriggling woman over your shoulder, and you have to give her a smack on the arse to calm her down. And although I think that if you're going to make a joke that's on the edge like that, then it has to be a really funny joke. And I just don't find it funny. I don't think many people find it funny. And I think the the sad thing about it is that most of the people who play Duke Nukem Forever will understand that it's not, you know, it's it's a joke and everything. But I think there are people who will be like, <laughs> and I'm just, I just don't agree with anything that gives those people a voice, to be honest, and an outlet. Not really a voice, is it? It's more just a strange guttural noise. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Not capable of forming words, <laughs> a lot of them. <laughs> the thing is, I do, I do respect, and I've had, I've had a lot of arguments about Duke Nukem, and I do completely respect anyone's right to, um, you know, enjoy Duke Nukem's humour. I don't think it makes you a terrible person or yeah. a sexist or a misogynist. I just don't like it myself, really. That's really what? the only thing I can. And I think ultimately. Speak to. That that's my kind of point for all this is these are our personal opinions. We're not forcing them on anyone. Personally, the thing I loved about Zelda is that I haven't played it for thirteen years, or whatever. So it's really nice to go back and see how it just hasn't aged. I don't think it's still mm. as brilliant today as it was all those years ago. So there are some things like the the targeting system which some people have had problems with. Mm. But I mean, I can't tell. Sometimes with Zelda, I, I feel like I maybe I learned how to get around all its quirks. Yeah, and therefore it feels natural to me when it maybe wouldn't feel natural to somebody who's never played it before. Yeah, I, I know it, I know the franchise so well that mm. I know that how its the language. game thinks exactly. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't, I know you do, but I really don't like using the motion controls for aiming. Do you use them? No, I don't. I love using that. It's really fun sitting on the chair. But obviously, and also, it's a really bad design error, do you not think, to have that control with 3D? Because as soon as you start moving about, I lose the 3D entirely. Mm, you turn the 3D off for it. There's a reason the slide Yeah, I know, but there. it just seems strange that that's a core feature and 3D is a core feature, but they're incompatible. Mm. But I haven't yeah. played any of the game in 3D. That's the ironic point. I don't give two hoots about 3D. That's kind of why the slider is there, though. Mimoto yeah. said, you know, he plays about half of the games in 3D. I think it's the best thing on the 3DS is the option to turn it off. Mm. It's there if you want it, basically. Which yeah, is nice. I, I find myself sliding it up and down all the time. Mm. Hey. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so that's the feedback from Travis uh, about well, what he thought of our opinion on remakes. But I'd love to hear your feedback. As always, you can email feedback at IGN.com or you can reach us on Twitter, twitter.com slash IGNUK or Facebook slash Team IGNUK. Uh, moving on, let's look at the games coming out this week. Um, well, there aren't really uh, many, are there? There's a there's nothing. It's barren. There is nothing. Nothing at Fallow. all. Absolutely no. Well, you can buy Catherine on import if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. You're looking forward to this game, aren't you, Kezza? Hugely. What yeah. is it? Why is that? It's interesting. <laughs> I like interesting games. Now, Catherine's about... Um, 
it's about essentially the the whole game is about you as a guy and you've got your girlfriend and you've cheated on your girlfriend with someone else and the game's about whether you whether you choose to stay with your girlfriend or whether you go off with someone else. That's what I understand of it anyway. Sounds stressful. It's it, well, yeah, it's a and it's, it's a stressful way to spend your evening. It's a very psychological kind of thing, and the the hype and the way that they've advertised it and the way that they've made people aware of it is great. Like they put they made people do thirty second clips on how they feel about marriage, right? And then put them together into this like big long video on YouTube to embarrass them in front of their girlfriends or boyfriends, I guess. <laughs> and, and how? How does the game actually play? I have no idea. I've been keeping purposefully okay. purposefully in the dark about it because I find often when I'm really excited about a game, I read so much about it yeah. that I ruin it for myself. Right. And I got Catherine, I was in Japan a couple of months ago and I looked at it and I sat there going, oh, I really want to buy it. But then I didn't because I thought that, you know, my Japanese probably isn't good enough to really get yeah. the most out of it. So I'm I'm looking forward to having a weekend with, with Catherine and seeing whether it is indeed as interesting as it sounds. Yeah. Be good. There you go. So I'll be importing that. I don't know about anyone else. Uh, and then El Shaddai, which <laughs> is one of my favourite games of this year so far. Really? It's, yeah, it is. It's it's brilliant. I love El Shaddai. It's a um, by so, the same chap who did um, the art design for Okami, right? At Clover Studios. Does it have a similar art style? Not similar at all. It's kind of I would say it's it's science fiction, future, religious imagery crossed with anime and it's 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 indescribable i would say go go and look at a video of it right definitely or go download the xbox live demo but the cool thing about el shaddai is that for the first three levels or so you think okay well this is pretty and it's a it's a it's basically a, it's a it's a fighter you have a one button fighting system and it's all about um timing and you've got three different weapons and it's all about kind of you know balletic combat it's a little bit bayonetta-esque and it's about the visual of the thing and after three levels, you're wandering around in these incredible ethereal worlds, and then you've got great um, side-on platforming bits across kind of beautiful stained glass, and it's really stunning. And you're like, I understand you, El Shaddai. You're a bit self, self-involved, self though, aren't you, El Shaddai? You're a little bit conceited. Do you talk and then to it, your games when you play? That's what I think. I'm a reviewer. <laughs> <laughs> and then it gets to about the fourth level, and it just goes completely bonkers, completely mad. It reinvents itself with every new level. There's like a Tron motorcycle bit, yeah. and then it goes through... Um, like some crazy underwater level where you end up facing off against a dance master who explodes from the sea in a Lady Gaga-esque sequined outfit wow. and who's like throwing shapes in front of the screen while you're trying to fight his minions off. It's just fantastic. And then every level something new happens. It's great. It's a surprise. That's my favourite thing about it. It also has a fascinating development history in that basically the guy who was in charge of this small publisher called UTV Ignition, the former CEO... Um, it went to Japan to find this guy yeah. who did Okami's art style when Clover Studios closed. And he found him and basically went, please, can I give you loads and loads of money for you to make a, an, action, an action game and we'll publish it? As simple as that. Yeah. Wow. And he went out and he handpicked all of the team and they just made whatever they wanted. And that's the reason El Shaddai is unlike anything else, because this publisher was just like, literally make anything you want, anything. Wow. And so this team has just come up with uh, this completely bizarre roller coaster of different ideas and yeah. visual it changes visually every level as well yeah so yeah i'm a huge fan of el shaddai it's coming out in the uk in september i think it's september 9th right so you could wait Who's until then that? utv ignition UTV. Right. who are actually based in london um but yeah it's a great game it's a real curiosity it's if, basically if you've ever looked through import roms or an import shop you know looking through all the stuff this yeah. is what you always hoped you would find Something really mental, really Japanese, and really good. Recommendation. What about movies? Is this a recommendation? I don't know if it's a recommendation because I've not seen it. I've seen 10-minute sizzle reel in 3D, but it's Transformers Dark of the Moon. 
Transformers Dark of the Moon. I think that's a terrible subtitle. It's pretty bad. Dark of the Moon. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense. Does it mean Dark Side of the Moon? Presumably, but... Copyright probably on that. What, Pink Floyd? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They own the... <laughs> anyway, I saw 10 minutes of it, and it's exactly what you think. I saw all the action sequences, and they just spliced them together. Yeah. And watching 10 minutes of Michael Bay action sequences was like being being beaten in the face by a big hammer. Yes. I think it's more like having a guy kind of just wave his penis in your face while shouting for an hour. <laughs> exploding my... penis. Yeah. Did that happen? As the camera circles round slowly. <laughs> a big exploding <laughs> cock in my face. Does anybody really mm. care about That's how I feel about Michael That's Bay a strange phrase. Um, but yeah, it just looked monotonous. The same old, and they had this really weird CGI JFK. What? Oh, really? Because what they're trying to do is splice, well, basically insert the Transformers myth into oh, real-life events. Kind of what they did with X-Men First yeah. Class. Yeah. So one of the reasons why we went to the moon was because a Transformer crash-landed in the early 60s, and that's what ignited the space race. Wow. And I saw this early footage where JFK was CGI, and he looked like a, he looked like a, had the texture of a lemon. <laughs> he was really he shiny was and like dimpled. That in real life. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> After the murder? Yeah, just like yeah. half a lemon. <laughs> Anyone uh, ever run their hands over JFK's face? Did he have the texture of a lemon? I don't he know. smells zesty. Hmm. <laughs> That's a well-known <laughs> fact about JFK. He was, yeah, he was lemony fresh. He was, yes. <laughs> he was the most lemony fresh of all citru- the US presidents. Yeah, the most, yes, exactly. Yeah, um, Lyndon Johnson just smelled of wee. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's how on Wednesday they're opening it a few days early so they can get more of your money. Yeah, but interestingly, no screenings yet. No screenings, going to go see it on Monday. Yeah, so it doesn't bode um, particularly well, does it? Yeah, but I think it'll do well. It's critic-proof. It, it's, critic it's like Call of Duty, it's critic-proof. Yeah. You think so? Transformers? I, I didn't go and see Transformers 2 because of all the negative feedback. Mm. And I, that's, you know, I would have totally gone and seen I that. I think it's still relatively pretty. See what, it'll be interesting to see what it does on 3D because obviously Pirates had a bit of a slump. A slump. 3D in general is having a bit of a slump, isn't it? People are just a bit fed up with having to pay extra every time they go and see a 3D film. I saw Green Lantern on Friday night in 3D, and after seeing that, I'm never going to go pay for a 3D film ever again. Really? Wow. And not just the quality of the film, but because the film takes place a lot in outer space, and obviously it's dark in space. Yeah. With the 3D glasses on as well, it's so dark, you couldn't see what was happening at some point in the oh, film. No. Oh, really? That's my major problem with 3D is the, the, dark, the, 30% color the reduction. dark glasses. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It was like what... Yeah. I always feel that I want to see the movie beneath the cheap gimmick. Yes, exactly, and I feel like exactly, yeah. I feel like there's something in between me and the movie. I had the same with Toy Story three when I went to see that. In it was 3D. such a vibrant, it was just so colourful. I just kept seeing it yeah. like it was watching it through sunglasses. It was the same with that uh, up. I thought as well. Yeah, I was yeah, upset. I was, I, I was just yeah. you know I wanted to see the, the vibrancy of the thing, mm. which is why I like the 3ds 3D a bit more because it preserves the colour. Yeah, even if it's not quite as um. And it has a lot more depth. I find. I always think 3D feels to me kind of like a pop up book. Yeah. So there's lots of things, but each of those planes or um, objects feel very flat, mm. like paper. Yeah. It doesn't feel like the theatre or something. That's especially the... true, I think, of the films that are shot in 2D and then converted to 3D. They're yeah. the worst of all. Whereas the 3D has been playing Ocarina recently. It does feel like that. You feel like you're looking at a proper diorama or it something. It does feel yeah. like you're looking into the screen, which is really yeah. impressive. It's, it's the colour, though, isn't it? Yeah. That's our major, our yeah. major gripe, gripe with 3D. Yeah. 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 Collective gripe. Collective gripe. So, should you go and see Transformers, your recommendation based on 10 minutes worth of footage? The thing is, if you like stuff blowing up... Yeah. Well, you know exactly. It's going to be isn't it? 
I know it's a terrible movie, but part of me wants to see it because I grew up in the early 90s. Transformers was a big part of my childhood. I get a slight nostalgic tingle when I hear Optimus Prime speak. Yeah. So I'll probably go see Well, I'm going to go see it for free, but I don't know yeah. if I'd pay for it. Yeah. Anyway, that's out next week. Uh, moving on to listener feedback. Who's got the first bit? So we've had some feedback from David, um, who wants to give us his two cents on pre-order DLC. Um he says, yes, it can be irritating to have different pieces of content being available from different retailers, but you've got to look at the larger picture from the perspective of game retailers. Um, he's worked in the retail side of the industry for many years, he says. And his point is that pre-order exclusive DLC is one of the only ways left now for game retailers to get customers to buy from them as opposed to buying it cheaper from Tesco yeah. or Sainsbury's. Or Amazon or wherever. Or Amazon. Yeah. So it's kind of a it's an incentive for people to buy from a, from a from a you know an indie or a game yeah. retailer. Although Sometimes Amazon order offer um, incentives. Uh, do you know what? It's all deals done by individual publishers. So I, can, I remember if you bought Marvel Ultimate Alliance from Amazon, I think you right. got Juggernaut as yeah. a special character. Quite. So yeah. it's a way for it's well. I mean, Amazon doesn't really need to compete with supermarkets right. in the same way as GameStation does, for instance. But it's it's basically a way for people to ask you to buy their game from them. Mm. And um, I suppose David's point is that that's important if we're going to have game-specific retail. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's an angle we I certainly hadn't thought of. It's a form of like, protectionism, I guess. Mm. Um. We also have um, Tom, who says that it's a great idea to have incentives for pre-ordering because it allows mega fans to show their appreciation and it's a good way to persuade people to buy rather than rent as long as developers understand how it affects the game and ensure that it doesn't make it unfair no that's and a good that, point that's, that's the point we were making last week though mm. wasn't it is that if you go red dead had like four different pre-order options and as long as you can get access to those at some point down the line and if you don't want them at all it doesn't break the game then why not? Right. Um, here we go. Next bit of reader feedback. This is from an, an anonymous emailer um, called Wabbitfoot. Um, <laughs> so having seen Bioshock Infinite trailer, I was thinking that it didn't really seem Bioshocky. y um, There's no recurring place, theme, or character, so it seems kind of stupid to brand it as Bioshock. Don't get me wrong, it looked awesome. But to me, it just seemed like an attempt to cash in on an old, successful IP. What does everyone think? Because you guys saw Bioshock at... Yeah. And it won our game of E3, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's there's definite well, themes. plasmids and Ken, themes. Are Ken Levine, Ken Levine, or Ken Levin, as I like to call him, yeah. um, has addressed this quite often, actually, in interviews and in his you know, little videos that he's been doing. He's he's addressed what makes Bioshock Infinite Bioshock, and his point is that what makes it Bioshock is the development ethos, basically, right? Like the the approach to what a game should be and what a game should say and what it should have to say, and also the themes of the game. I think are going to be relatively similar. It's kind of Randian um, spin yeah. that Irrational puts on, on their story. Yeah, and plasmids are still present. They're a part of the game. They're tonics they? now. They're different. Tonics, yeah. okay. But it really feels like a Bioshock game. That's ultimately... like When you're watching it, it could quite easily be... Have they commented on continuity, whether it takes place in the same world as Rapture, just in a different part of that world? I think they have, and I think it... They yeah, said I think they did last year at Gamescom. They yeah. mentioned that, didn't they? Yeah. I what, think it is this. I think I think it's the same world that Rapture was in, but it's nothing to do mm, with Rapture. Yeah. The thing is, novelists do this. They write novels of a series, but they might not be the same characters or the same setting. But yeah. they're a kind of loose series mm. of novels. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like a Bioshock game. I think that doesn't have to have Rapture in it just for it to be a Bioshock game. I know. That, that reveal trailer that he did 
was great. Did you see, you know, the remember the Bioshock Infinite Reveal trailer where it started off as a, a yes. globe yeah. inside yes. Rapture and then yeah. it zooms yes. right out yeah. to the, that is a, that yeah, was a wonderful trick. The point here is that it's a cash-in. Well, Bioshock 2 was more of a cash-in if you're going to level that mm. a game because that return to Rapture, Rapture, at least they're going away from Rapture. I guess his point is why not call it not Bioshock? And that's fair. I guess he's right, brand recognition. And I mean, they I suppose they, they have a right to capitalise on the brand recognition, but they could have called it something else, couldn't they? Yeah. Do you reckon people still buy it as much? I think you, and the first thing everyone would say is that it looks quite a lot like Bioshock. Bioshock, yeah. yeah. Go on, <laughs> uh, Michael Gorff's written to us, uh, I've just watched the first season of Doctor Who with Matt Smith, having not seen it before. Thought it was brilliant! It is brilliant. Says, yeah. However, whilst listening to Podcast 90, the E3 roundup, it got to the listener feedback section. I was listening to this at work, sitting on a chair with wheels next to a filing cabinet. Now, all of a sudden, on the podcast, somebody shouted, SPOILER ALERT! I pulled my headphones out of my ears so fast and flinched so violently at the same time that I turned my chair, banged my head on the filing cabinet and fell on the floor. I kid you not. (laughs) Of course, this was witnessed by everyone in the office and we all had a good laugh. I like the next bit he's written. Fifteen minutes or so later, one of my colleagues was looking at me with a puzzled expression on her face and asked me what was in my ear. I reached up to find that in my haste, I'd managed to pull the wire clean out of the headphone and I'd left the headphone in my ear. Oh my God. <laughs> so he wants a couple more seconds notice on any spo- spoilers we might be divulging. He says, I'm still laughing about it now, but I'm 20 quid worse off. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry. Uh, that's Spoiler. Gorf- yeah. yeah. That's yeah. from Gorferino. Oh, he also says, P.S. I don't think Brendan used Brenda Big Tits as his gamer tag. Do we ever, do we ever chase that up? No, Brendan, Brenda, if you are listening, let us know what you what gamer tag you did go with in the end. If you did change it to Brenda Big Tits, we'll add you. Yeah, yeah I promise, sure. all of us. Uh, I've got an email from Valentino Sparks who says, just wondering if... Is that his real name? <laughs> That's no, brilliant. It's not. His real name is Mark. No. <laughs> so, uh, wondering like if any of you guys know if FIFA 12 will have any form of punishment for those mappets who quit out of an online match because they're losing. Uh, could EA sort out some sort of cable which you attach, attach to your testes to play? And if your opponent quits, you press a button and it sends 1.21 gigawatts of electricity into their nether regions. Send their nuts back in time. <laughs> Not sure how this would work on females. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm out of suggestions like, as to how that would work yeah. on females to be honest they could bring out a peripheral I guess like the vitality sensor just clip, <laughs> clip it on vitality sensor that's what they're doing with it and that's why it's come back to the drawing board exactly yeah they sold the technology CEA yeah Brilliant. anyway I don't th- I, there, there's a lot of talk about that but I, it's, it's really hard to police it's very hard to enforce um, what so, if you genuinely lose your connection yeah exactly yeah. You, don't want your, you don't want your ball sent back to 1950 do you but on a serious note, uh, I don't think anything is going to be included in that. But Daniel, you are. They going were a to lot see harder FIFA. and leathery in the 1950s, weren't they? Your balls, testicles, <laughs> footballs. My balls hadn't been invented. Um, Who FIFA. did invent your balls and when? My mama and my daddy invented them. They yeah. invented them, yeah. Actually, that's they what were happens. Your, apparently, they, they were they in your grandmom. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> like did you see that off. program? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like here's the weak point. Exactly. Yes. Sorry. I, my balls Sorry, don't have any points. Oh, oh, um, so let's kick them. Yeah. So anyway, Daniel, FIFA. you are going to see FIFA I know, I'm going. in a week and a bit. So yeah. maybe you could ask Mr. FIFA man. Ask David Rutter. Yeah. About testicles. What are you going to do? Yeah. We'll go. We've got this suggestion from um, Valentino. You should do. Valentino Sparks <laughs> yes. says. I've brought a peripheral. car battery and a couple of crocodile clips. <laughs> I'd like to demonstrate. Do you yeah. think you selected that name intentionally? Valentino Sparks. 
maybe yeah, Valentino's D-Spark. Uh, he just always has an apposite email address. Um, right, Podcast 100, guys. Mm-mm. Bit of reader feedback. A lot of people getting on board with Podcast 100. This is from Joe Newson, who has given us a suggestion about um, what we should do on Podcast 100. Yep. We should get Sad Dan in, and he should attempt to be chipper for an entire podcast. And if he isn't, what we'd do is we electrocute him. Is it this the electrocuting of the balls again? No, yeah. this is separate. Why are we all so obsessed separate. with the electrocution of the balls? This is Joe Newson, who also fancies electrocuting Dan. Anyone like that idea? I think that's should a terrific idea. I think we should run with that. Yeah. Cal- we just, we, is it just going to be his gains, What if he gains superpowers? Well, eternally happy. Never going to happen. No. Mm. Like a really high-pitched voice. He's just like this ray of sunshine that comes out of his mouth when he opens it. Mm. Or a rainbow. Maybe. Oh. Like, when, like when unicorns burp. Like bumhole. Dan's vomiting rainbow. I like it. Yeah. So that's pod- right. so Podcast 100. Then. Electrocuting yeah. Dan. That's his that, idea. That was his suggestion. And if we can't get sad Dan, then maybe it's you, Daniel. I'm happy. I don't have yeah, balls for yeah. anyone to electrocute. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't mind being yeah. electrocuted for Podcast 100. Really? really? No, yeah. <laughs> 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 Too, eager. <laughs> Too eager. Yeah. Um, then we've got another suggestion from Mike Stubbsy who says that we should basically record Podcast 100 in a giant room full of helium. That's actually so not a bad idea. Funny. It doesn't really matter if you die because of it, right? No, it's true. And he loves the podcast. We've so, never died before. So we'd all be Mike. talking like that, wouldn't we? We'd all be up there. Hello, this is Podcast 100. I'm not happy. I'm not sure how practical that would be in the long term. When we'd finished at Kapow, we had this massive IGM balloon as you walked in, and it's obviously full of helium. And... Uh, as we had to collapse it, and Dan was collapsing it, and the only way we could do it was by falling on it and leaning on it, using your body to sort of fill it out. But Dan had the funnel going right in his face, and he was literally talking like the most retarded man I've ever heard in my life. Not because he, he wanted to get the helium, but it's just because it was blowing full on Brilliant. his face. So maybe we should do that. Let's take the IGM balloon, fill, fill it with helium. Helium? Helium. Stick our heads in it. So. Brilliant. Awesome. I some great ideas there for Podcast yeah, well 100, done, but yeah. Any other feedback? None at all. That's it? That's it. Okay, well, keep your ideas for Podcast 100 coming in. I promise we will come up with some very concrete uh, suggestions for what we're going to do very soon. We're currently looking at venues. Um, it's actually pretty goddamn hard to find it anywhere good, and uh, we want it to be a, an occasion to remember as well. So Yeah, I'll get on it this weekend. Get on it. Yeah, I'm on it. I'm on it. Damn we do have it. an exciting musical guest, which we I will do. not reveal yet. No, but that's, that we'll is very that exciting. in the coming weeks, yeah. And, uh, bon Jovi. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, Bon Jovi. <laughs> With a Bruce Is it Rod Stewart? No. He's going to kick a football at you, Stu. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to get my mum to come, if that's the primary objective, is get Rod Stewart. Mm. Really? All our mums are coming for a special mum podcast. I don't think that's probably yeah. what we're trying to achieve with Podcast 100, but hey. I still think Podcast 101, we should just get our mums in to do it. Yeah. All of our mums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Right. Let's finish this podcast while we're on a high. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and uh, we will be back same time next week. Bye. 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 Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I 
wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.